Welcome to episode 39 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Haig. I'm your co-host, Mandy Conant. Sarah can't be with us tonight, unfortunately, but we do have a very special guest host. Kat Bailey, another co-founder of Young and Polly, is joining us tonight to talk about how our dating rule is going and what it's generally like trying to create a Polly organization from the ground up. So welcome, Kat. Would you like to do a little additional introduction? Hey, everyone. I am Kat Bailey. As Michael said, I kind of co-founded it with him and a couple other people, the Young Poly group. I've been part of the Charlotte Poly community for almost three years now, and that was kind of my introduction into um, when I first started exploring Poly. I got involved in the local community and then kind of created one with Michael and another person. By the way, we're not mentioning the other people, not because we don't want to, but because we forgot to ask them if we were allowed to. So we're just going with other people for now. And the other people. <laughs> and so if you are listening and you would like to be identified, we'll happily call you out and shout out to you next episode. How many people, how many co-founders there are there? Technically, there were three of us that really like started it. Michael, myself, and the other person. But there's a lot of people kind of... Well, hold on. We added the fourth board member really like almost immediately. We had a meeting with just the three of us. And we're like, we need That's this true. fourth person. And we went and got them. And so they should have yes. that same level of yes. credit. They just weren't... Like they missed a meeting. Right. So basically, there's four of us that, that founded it. That. And then a lot of people... Jumped on board. That supported. And <laughs> we're kind of urging us on. <laughs> Yeah, well, not only that, but our whole model is that the community makes most of their own events. So, I mean, Kat makes a huge number of events, don't get me wrong, and so do the other board members, but I make no events, for example. I show up at events and do content sometimes, but that's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> But you facilitated an event the other day. Provides the leadership. I did. Yeah. I did. I was asked to come to an event as a facilitator, but... So you facilitated. That's important. He just shows up. He just shows <laughs> up and hangs yep. up. Like someone else made the event. They posted the event. They invited me to come to the event and they asked me to provide a certain service. Yep. Like that's how I am. I normally provide services. Like I'm like, what, what do you need? You give them a job. <laughs> and tell them to be there. <laughs> yeah, you give me a job and I show up and do that. I get it. You service the community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not as much as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so we've actually been meaning to have this episode for a while. I've talked to Kat about it a couple of different times. But we had a listener write in who was trying to make a group and wanted to ask basically how our rule on dating had been working because they are interested in having a rule for dating. And we did the episode and we said, here's how it feels right now. And that was like right when we rolled it out. And then that's a valid point. It's been almost a year now. So how is that rule working is a great question. And then when I told them that Kat would be on, they were like, great, here's some other questions about what it's like to run an organization that I'd love to know. Was it the same person that asked the original question for a follow-up? Yeah, they asked how the poly rule was going, and I said, we're going to do an episode where I bring Kat on to talk about it. And they were like, amazing. Can you ask these questions too? Oh, okay. Awesome. And gave us some other questions. So it was very immediate. It was like a one, two, three conversation. Awesome. And then I have some of my own questions that I would like to ask. And Mandy has questions, she can ask them. If Kat has questions, she can ask them. It's going to be really loose. That's kind of our jam. Let's do it. Ooh, quick announcement before we get started. We did record some additional framing for our previous episode, Hidden Disabilities in Our Communities. If you liked that episode, if you got the episode, if it all made sense and you thought it was great, awesome. If you want additional content or you had some problems, please go back and listen to the beginning again. It'll be framing introduction. And then at the end, if you skip to the end, and there'll be a timing note in the notes, then you can hear all 
also are answering specific questions and concerns of some of our listeners or of one of our listeners about that show. So I guess let's go ahead and dive in and start at the beginning, which is how is the dating rule working? Let's start first as to how it was received. Did we answer that in the original... I thought we talked about that, but we'll just quickly go over it again because we've also learned that people don't always remember every single thing we've ever said. What? I don't, and I help record <laughs> it. So, <laughs> And maybe some opinions have changed as far as mm-hmm. the way it's been received maybe by new members and by the members that were there when you all first implemented the rule. Hey, hey Kat, you want to do the recap? Because yeah. I did it the last time. And I think it'd be cool to get a different perspective. For sure. Yeah, so we originally rolled it out. I don't know exactly when. It was fairly early on when we had our first leadership training. That's when we really had a lot of push- pushback. I would say probably about half of the people there, if not more than half, like were really interested in it or really just concerned right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But through a little bit discussion there, I think that just the discussion and kind of giving them a little bit more background and understanding as to why we had this role and kind of why we thought it was a good idea, just giving that kind of explanation, I think turned a lot of people over kind of the other side where they did understand it a little bit more. And I'm not 100% sure, but as far as I can tell, there appear to have been two extremely vocal members who were against it that came up consistently in different formats, but I didn't really see anything other than that against it. For sure. Did they share the same concerns or were they completely different issues? I think the biggest concern I feel like is that the they felt like for a leadership position or just really any position in the poly community, because the poly community is so small, that putting a limit of any kind for anybody on who they can date or who they can initiate and show that they're interested in that they felt that was kind of an obstruction to what they kind of see as the the goal of poly is being able to have that freedom and that was limiting that freedom from those who chose to participate as a community host. And I take it that these two people were both in leadership then? They were interested in being in leadership. Okay. But nobody in leadership had an issue with it, right? I mean, nobody outside of leadership. Well, so the thing is, at that point, leadership was just the board. It was just the four of us who originally designed the rule together. And, and decided to implement it together. Okay. And we rolled it out at a meeting that we were, it was a training for people who were interested in becoming Community Plus hosts. So it was people who were interested in becoming sort of taking on a leadership position. So that's when we kind of rolled it out to everybody. And that's kind of where I feel like we've had the most pushback was in that specific setting. Since then, there's been a couple instances where it's kind of come up. But that's really where we saw the biggest pushback was in that setting. Well, and that makes sense because they didn't know mm-hmm. to expect it. They were coming out for training and we were like, by the yeah. way, if you want to be in a leadership role, you've got right. to give up Here's this, this big thing. Yeah. And since then, it's been super public and rolled out everywhere. So anyone that comes for a training or comes to talk to us about it already knows. They already chose they didn't want to go that route. So it's expectation yeah. setting. I mean, at some point you have to roll out the rules. So it's better if you can have it in your charter for sure. Change management is much harder oh, yeah. than having it written in mm-hmm. uh, as a baseline. Now, Kat, you said that it's come up a couple times since then. It has. In what instances? So we currently have a thread on our Facebook group that goes over this rule. And on it, we allow people to opt out of it. Mm-hmm. People can opt out of this rule if they want. Quick clarifier. They can opt out of the protection only. You cannot opt out of being restricted. The only way to opt out of being restricted is to not be in leadership. Basically, if they're opting out, they're saying, I don't care if a person who's in leadership comes on to me or initiates something with me or flirts with me. I am okay. I'm giving up that protection. I'm opting out of the protection that you've set. 
on that thread, we've had some people who have commented or seen that and then asked us questions or kind of voiced their disapproval on that is kind of the one place I've heard. But then other than that, it's just been maybe once or twice in one-off conversations of somebody asking about it or first hearing about it and then kind of it was a shock to them. So then having to kind of just explain it one-on-one. They voiced their disapproval about the list or about the rule? About the rule. Okay. A lot of times it's like it's set up almost like shade where they'll say something like, I opt out because I don't think there should be any limits on what anyone does or something like that, where they sort of voice their why they're opting out, which isn't, I mean, you know, if that helps... I mean, if that helps them express themselves, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think also it's helped that people do often, of course, see something that's new or different as scary and hostile. So you actually definitely had people saying, oh, well, I can't have this kind of event because I wasn't allowed to be that kind of host because I don't believe in this rule. And we were like, well, no, you can have any kind of event you want. You know, you can you can have that, whatever that content was that you thought was just for us. Like, you could have that event. What you can't do is you can't put a, a sticker on it that says certified safe from predation by Young and Polly, which is effectively what the community host plus program is, yeah. you know, stamp does. It says that our organization has done the best we know how to make this a safer space mm-hmm. for everybody coming to it. And since we know that people in power have power dynamics, not addressing that isn't, from our perspective, doing the best we know how. So if you want to have all the same content but not have power dynamic protection, that's fine. You just can't say that we are sponsoring it. You're right, right. That's great. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Because I said our model is built on the idea that any community member in good standing can host an event but we use event tags to tell you what level of certification you're getting so if you are a member that doesn't have any organizational standing you can host only wildcard events wildcard event says wildcard event on it and then it has a stamp elsewhere that basically says you know this is a member in good standing there's no other provisions made for it you know so be careful and we don't you know as an organization we recommend that you come to one of our certified events first to get to know people you should only go to this event if you're being invited by a friend or you know it's safe in some other way but basically you know be safe be responsible do you have a do you have members that are not in good standing we do not yet okay uh i hope we don't no we don't, right? <laughs> you just specified that you were like a member in good standing and that's there because we do have the option to remove people who we feel would make unsafe spaces mm-hmm. or put people on a temporary restriction from making those sorts of events while we're so it's like one of our early uh rules is like if you do something wrong we might ask you to go to a like a safety training basically to be less harm like a less harmful behaviors and you might not be able to host an event until you've taken that class okay like if you had reported behavior that was particularly problematic and we felt that we in order to be safe for our members we had to do that so that that's that one window i think where you okay. could end up being in not good standing right mm-hmm. you're a member on probation yeah yeah basically because obviously we follow all the stuff we talk about with transformational justice where we, we try and give everybody the chance to reintegrate into the community in a healthy way mm-hmm. and so that's where you might be in that space but that's a very rare like rare I, I, I mean it's never happened then it seems like a very rare circumstance so you have the wildcard events and then you have we have the community plus events which are hosted by community plus leaders or above okay. in the organization which right now is just them or board members we don't have that big of an organization and then we have gold star events which are events that have to be at least sponsored by the the organization as a whole. So not a specific board member, but basically the board and the organization has to say, we need this event. It has to be hosted by a a gold star plus 
host, but usually there's at least one board member in attendance, and the content is specifically created and curated by the organization. Examples of those are like the Poly 101 or our event host training. They're events that we have curriculum for that we have kind of come collectively as a board and kind of put this together, and it has kind of our complete approval of what is being talked about. Although it is possible for a community plus hosts to write or create the content for a Gold Star event as long as they get approval from the board. Like we review it, check, give feedback, etc. Okay, and you said something about a Gold Star member or a Gold Star. Is it just the class that is a Gold Star? No, just the class is Gold Star. There's no such thing as a Gold Star member. Okay, okay. I thought you had said something about a Gold Star member. Gold Star event Yeah. is okay. the, the name of the highest level event. And then we have like a fourth subcategory, which is non-affiliated events. So we allow people to post events from other organizations that are poly or sex positive or... Like RelateCon Atlanta? LGBTQ friendly or... Yeah, we're like RelateCon <laughs> Atlanta to post on our page. And they follow sort of the same rules. Wildcard events, they have a tag. The tag says that basically we make no guarantees about this group, but at least so far we don't know anything bad about okay. this group. Which <laughs> is sort of the same thing the wildcard event says. Like, you know, if we find out a group has a lot of reported problematic behavior, we might prohibit them from posting. Going back to kind of the question, of, I think answering the original question about how it's been going to, I will mention that we had, we hosted a discussion night back in, it was either June or July, that focused on power dynamics in poly relationships, but also focus on power dynamics in the poly community. And that was actually a space where we told everybody, hey, we want to come and hear your your information on this. We want to understand where you're coming from if you have a problem with it. And I don't think hardly anybody showed up to that event that had any issue with it. And so we had a small discussion on it then, but that was, I, I think, is attributed to the fact that the community does accept it and that once we kind of gave them a little bit more information as to why we did it, they understood and they kind of agreed. In August, we also sent out a kind of survey for the community that asked them what is some good things that are going on? What are some issues that you've been having? And I don't think, to my memory, I don't think any one of them (laughs) actually commented on the rule at all. I think literally one did. Either it did or like I felt like that was what it was aiming at with more ambiguous language, one of the two. Gotcha. As a community with over 200 people, the fact that we kind of only got one response that I think is indicative of. Yeah, we have 250 people with 37 opt-outs. And, and all the people who've opted out, uh, aside from, you know, obviously the, the people we talked about at the beginning, who I know more closely personally and have been able to interview and say, you know, why did you opt out? What does that mean to you? Have said, I like the rule. I like the protection for people that need it. And for new people, I personally feel super empowered in this space and don't need it. Awesome. And so just because they're opting out doesn't mean they don't like it, which was one thing that I thought was interesting and I mean I said this in the last episode we covered this but that's not a mistake or an evidence the rule's not working it's a feature mm-hmm. you know if you want people to everybody able to, to come up to you and ask you out you should be able to opt out in a way that isn't socially demanding so having as a feature on the web page is part of what we do but I don't take it that the 37 people who've opted out all absolutely hate that it exists I think it's going really well is the upshot now I do feel like The people who were against at the beginning did not come to the open discussion about it because either they couldn't from time or they felt like they weren't going to be heard anyway. But the fact that no one else did, like none of the people that were not in the original room when we rolled it out, you know, that none of the other 250 members felt compelled to show up. And we were very explicit that if you wanted to say no to this rule, you should come to this Mm -hmm. discussion. And we even allowed people to call in on Discord Discord so that we could get the larger community. So you didn't have to, you know, you could be at your house and show up Mm -hmm. so that everybody had 
had the chance to voice their opinion and nobody showed up. We didn't even end up talking about it. We were like, docket item, we're going to talk about this. Does anybody have a problem? Everyone was like, no, we moved on. Do you feel like the two people that had issue with it in the beginning, do they still have issue with it? I don't know. I haven't talked to them. I just assume they do. <laughs> so they're not in leadership then? Correct. They did not come back and ask to be in leadership okay. afterwards. Do you think it's possible that they are the type of people that that rule is is meant to inhibit the people who go into lead i know you don't want to comment on this michael <laughs> no, no, neither does cat you think cat wants to comment on this um i mean my structural answer to that is i said in the beginning episode in the, epi- in the first episode where we covered this that power dynamics being what they are if you don't want to give up those power dynamics to be in leadership, then I don't think you should be in leadership. I know that we discussed it in the original episode about people that we may have met that have put themselves in leadership positions to pick up people, to use that as a way into someone's pants, per se. I have said that I cannot ever comment on someone's internal state or motivations, and I'm going to stick with that and say I don't think that the people who don't like this rule are the kind of people we don't want in leadership positions. I don't think this rule is designed to keep people out of leadership positions. I don't think that's its function. This rule is designed to create safe spaces so that no matter who is in leadership, the space is safe for as many people as possible. And I think it does that very well. I think the rule creates safe spaces, and it's unfortunate that some people don't feel comfortable being in a leadership position for whatever reason while this rule exists. I will comment. With a, the couple of people that I know who were pretty adamantly against it, I don't feel that their motivation was that they were wanting to get in a leadership position in order to do that. I don't feel like that that was, they are kind of the people that we were aiming to keep from leadership. I think that they have a sense of autonomy and a sense of freedom that they want to keep and they don't want that limited. Okay. I can understand that. Sure. I don't think it's a negative view. I think it's just a different view of the protections that we see are needed. That's fair. I just have a very strong sense that organizational power dynamics are huge. They're huge and they affect everything. And I think if your sense of autonomy autonomy extends into wanting to be able to leave power dynamics active that you could remove without even giving it a test run or a trial run, I think that you are not intentionally damaging. Not being conscious of it. Putting yourself in a position to be damaging. Yeah. It's a possibility. Yeah, for sure. And you're just not acknowledging your privilege there. Like, as far as you're just, I just don't think you're acknowledging your privilege. I mean, if I didn't feel that strongly about it, I wouldn't have... I mean, you know, we all discussed it. We all weighed in on it. And I did want to mention earlier that one of the board members was not in and not out, if that makes sense. Like, we only make decisions by consensus. So they said, you know, let's go ahead and see how it goes. But they were trepidatious. They felt like it wasn't maybe 100% great, but they weren't against it enough to say no, because if they had, we would have stopped and discussed it more until we decided one way or the other as a group. Is that person on board now? Mm Mm-hmm. The person's still on the board. No, no, no. I mean, are they on board with the rule? I mean, if they're on the board, not on the board, but on board. Oh, oh. They maintain that same position every time we ever talk to them all the way through having the group discussion and then since then it's never come up again so I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know if they've changed their mind. I mean their position was always you know the basically uh, there seems like there needs to be something to address this this rule feels off to me but I have no better answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was kind of consistently their way in as, as I understand it so if I'm mis- misrepresenting just let me know and I'll correct myself if you're listening. That might also be an issue with the people who are opposing it I think that might be their thing is that they they just don't like it. They may not be able to pinpoint why, but uh, just it doesn't fit with them. Sure. Well, and again, you know, as I've always said, I wish there wasn't a need for something like this. Yeah. But also, nobody who has joined leadership 
in the last year has felt like this inhibited their dating? Have you dated less people than you wanted to date because of this rule, Kat? <laughs> Coming into this, I I had that rule for myself. That was not something that like I I kind of put that restraint on myself early on when I started hosting events in a different poly community. So like for me, it hasn't changed much. But well, I think that alone speaks volumes. I was the one that brought the written version of this rule in, but that Kat and I had the exact same rule made up for ourselves by our own just critical analysis of what we needed and. I think Mandy has a similar rule for herself that she had before I met her too. Well, no, I didn't. If you remember right, one of the things that came up when we did the original recording oh, was right, that right. I felt like I had abused the rule. Mm. Um, I do now have, what I do is I, I try not to date people who know me. <laughs> and then I do a lot easier. <laughs> I don't tell them that I'm the director of RelateCon Atlanta and I don't tell them I'm on Probably Polly until there is an established connection. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So, That's a good plan. But yeah, I try, I honestly do try not to, to date in my local community. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the, the fact that as I've discussed this rule with people, it's been very well received by the professional members of the community and again, that Kat had it for herself and that the people, everyone seems to accept that there needs to be some sort of an address something some yeah. sort of address to the problem of dating inside the community by leadership and i definitely think this is a heck of a lot better than the just no dating which is really the only other available publicly available option that Agreed. i had ever heard before i came out with this rule yes nobody's okay with that yeah no <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean like very small numbers of communities have that rule and it i think it tends to implode so i mean you talk about leadership burnout being a major problem in poly communities yeah. then out of the fact that you can't date while being leadership and it's like i'm out <laughs> It's just, it's too much. Leadership is not yeah. for me if I can't date at all. <laughs> right. That's a general sort of how did it go? How is it going? Uh, let's go to... The follow-up questions? Yeah. Hold on just real quick. So how is the dating rule? We think it's working great. It seems to have done its job. Our group has been working really well. We have had zero complaints about people in leadership using their position to predate members. Those are all pretty good things. Right. Would you go as far as to say that it was embraced by your community? I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> I would say by some of it, some people I think completely embrace it. I think yeah. a small amount pushed back, and I think the larger community was just kind of like, okay, that that kind of makes sense. Like, all right. <laughs> Awesome. I mean, much like how we seem to have at least 250 to 400 regular listeners, but we've received a total of 60 emails. Right. <laughs> I think that I had a couple of people who clearly were really against it, a couple of people who were very like on the fence but towards against it and then maybe 10 people who are super excited about it which is by far the preponderance considering those two and then the other 230 people I just don't know you know and or like they were like shrug <laughs> like they weren't against it they weren't for it whatever it works for me it doesn't matter you just said shrug well no one can see me it's a <laughs> podcast <laughs> there's words for that they're like whatever well sometimes I like body <laughs> gestures better than I like words let's see uh, in the episode, you mentioned you have different levels of leadership. What process was used to determine the levels? You just described it. Process. Well, I was going to say, there's two different ways I can interpret what we means by what process. So I can interpret it to mean how did we create the levels, and I can also interpret it to mean how do you get accepted into the different levels of leadership. Okay. The how we created them was we were aware that in most organizations, especially new organizations, it's a very small core of heavily dedicated individuals who build the organization. So 
we selected four people who wanted to work together and had a similar vision mm -hmm. for the project and who had just separate skills that hit the different things that we felt we needed to run the community. Once we did that, we started drafting the rules documents and we understood that there had to be, well, and we came up with the different types of events we wanted to host. And then from that naturally followed the idea of certified hosts. That was the, the struggle that we had is we wanted it to be open. We wanted people to be creating their own events. We wanted them to create community, mm -hmm. but we also wanted it to be safe. So I think that was something we struggled with early on is how do we find this balance? Mm -hmm. For us, it was, okay, we can have this kind of level of event. And then we can have this, the, the kind of the more higher level of safety with these kinds of events. And we can have a higher level of kind of our stamp of approval than just any old wild card event that somebody wants to do. And then we also wanted something that was kind of even a step above that we were like, okay, well, like, what about poly 101s? What about training? What about poly 201s? What about other stuff that we kind of want to create curriculum for going forward? That's a little bit more than just a community event that is a bunch of people meeting for dinner or just a regular open discussion night. We always are trying to do our best to balance between safety and freedom and then autonomy. And so that was what where that discussion came out of. We were like, well, what's the most autonomous we could be? Letting anyone make anything they want. Okay, but then people could just show up at something thinking it's a safer event that our organization is actually backing and not know anybody and bad things could happen. So we were like, well, we'll just tell them, put the wildcard stamp on it and say, well, we don't know what's going on there. So just grain of salt, guys. <laughs> Um, all the way up, like she said, through that content. And uh, I think the other thing is, and this is a generational thing, just crowdsourcing. Like we were trying to avoid leadership burnout. We want the people who are leadership to be important, but not the primary engine of the community. That's not what we wanted them to be. I would say that there are people who have no position who host an events regularly enough, they host them close to as regularly as some of the more involved leadership, mm -hmm. you know, so sort of unofficial leaders or wildcard leaders, if you will, who are sort of setting the standard and the stage for those sorts of groups. And I think that's great. Like that's uh, the more of that there is, the more vibrant the community is and the less I have yes. to do anything. <laughs> I love that. That's great to me. I want that kind of control. And like, that's that's actually what I think about what you were saying earlier about like some people just believe in a, a complete lack of rules that they should have that autonomy. And I think that's great. And I think that's fine. But I don't think you get that and get to say, but I have rules, which is all the other stamps say. Like nothing, the wild carrot says nothing other than there are no rules. So like, that's it. So if you think there should be no rules, then that's a great stamp for you. And you can have all the events you want and you can be known as like the king of wild card, queen of wild card, they of wild card, doesn't matter. You know, whatever <laughs> works for you. And I think that's fine. The process so far for getting into the different leaderships is we offer a, like, again, we want to crowdsource as much as possible. We want to involve community as much as possible. We want the community to build itself as much as possible. So anybody who wants to be a community plus host, all they have to do is ask us and we'll host the training they need. And then they can, and they can do that. So we periodically host that training and see who wants to convert from that training to actually being a community plus host once they understand everything that the leadership role entails. When you say periodically, is that like quarterly or? I think we do it every Every, it's been about six months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just actually messaged them about, hey, we should have this again. I think we had it in April or so, sometime in the spring. We're going to plan to have another one. So. so about every six months to eight months, unless we hear people asking for it. Yes. Basically, like, so we offer it periodically so that people who aren't asking go, oh, I can do that. And then we also, if a lot of people were asking, we would host one. Okay. I think our general position is we assume, unless we have reason or evidence otherwise, that everyone is capable of being a community plus host if they want to be. So it's not like we don't pick and choose. Like we say, here's the event. If you want to come, come. If you come, you listen to the pitch and you agree with all the rules, you get to be a community plus host. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't go, eh, that guy's a little skeevy. I don't think that he should be one. We do not do that so far. 
far, but if we had like verified reports, like people had reported problematic behavior, that would be different. Yeah, for sure. If there was definitely something that was already brought to our attention and that we were already aware of, then that would definitely be a discussion with the board members and then probably a discussion with that person to understand as Michael said, we try to destigmatize investigations. <laughs> that would just be something that we would have to investigate and that would have to kind of get both sides on to see if that would be a good fit or not. If we had an act investigation on someone, that would be different. But we don't, you know, we haven't had people that were in that situation try to get into the class yet. But the whole the class, the class is a four hour safer space class. So the assumption is that you didn't have safer space training before you came to this class anyway. And then the class has the training and the training is also the rules you have to live by if you decide to leadership and if you say you will do all those things then if we get reports that you aren't doing all those things you might go back the other direction and that is also the difference you know between a community plus event and a gold star event like we say a gold star event's like our absolute highest standard of safety like if you want to be 100 sure it's as safe a space as we can provide come to a gold star event first community plus host means they've had this training we have no reports against them etc you know and we don't have a reason to think that they're you know damaging or dangerous but you know we try to destigmatize reporting we try and destigmatize and we try to not make those kind of decisions off of our feels because those are too mm-hmm. biased. You know, he'll, I get a weird feeling from that person and you're going to get a skewed list of who's allowed to be leadership. And we're, right. we try not to let that happen. Um, we do have a long-term goal to change how the board is decided. Like our, the board right now is the people who are willing to start this organization with us. So we have a goal to expand leadership some and to eventually vote. And the voting starts in spring of 2021. Okay. Until that time, if we have leadership members, leave or if we need to expand the board it's an inner board decision but with community input we'll have a community discussion night like we do for every major event we'll let people come out and say i don't think this person should be on the board i think they should be on the board that sort of thing and take all of that into account before we make decisions who facilitates the class who teaches this safe space class do you have somebody that's like certified to teach it or is it that would be michael Haig. Oh, michael Haig <laughs> or <laughs> Yeah, that'd be me. I do teach the class. I took the Safer Space class at UNC Charlotte, the one for faculty and staff, and was certified to create a safer space in their space. When we were planning this, we thought we need at least one third-party education for whoever's going to teach this class mm-hmm. or otherwise provide safer spaces so we're not just saying... This is what we think. <laughs> right. For those of you who think I'm heavy-handed when I say, like, you need to do all this extra work, I also make me do all that extra work. Right. And so this says, and what are each level responsible for doing? So we have also discussed adding other levels of leadership for specific things we might need but so far we haven't had to do that we almost added a level of moderators and then after actually going to apw and the there was a class what was the class called oh oh my goodness it was something about i cannot remember the name of it now oh keeping trolls out of your space or something like that by jen and ford who facilitate the salt lake city poly group yeah and they gave so much good information about their group that has i think 2000 plus members if i remember correctly a shit pot they have this this huge Facebook group and only moderate with a handful of people. Yeah. We took some of their kind of their advice and how they have set up their group and took it kind of as our own. And so a couple of the things that we've done now since then is we've turned on commenting approval, not because we are trying to moderate the space and say, yes, this is okay and this is not. We almost approve basically everything that doesn't directly violate one of our rules. So if it's mm-hmm. an intro- introduction post, we can just nip it in the bud right there right. and say, go and post this. This is great information. Go and post in our introduction thread. Mm-hmm. What we had been doing was just allowing everybody because we didn't want to seem like we were moderating people. 
Right. Censoring them. Or having to go back and clean up everything either. Exactly. Yeah. They would post and then we would comment and be like, hey, this goes in the introduction thread. Right. And then we would have to go back and take it down. And remember to do it. Exactly. And it's all reactionary, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was just one thing that would they kind of gave us was that a way of saying that. And we I was concerned about setting that in motion with our, our group and kind of launching that because I didn't want to seem like we were moderating it. But no one's really had any issues with that. Well, and we made a really simple rule that we also told everyone when we did this, which is, look, the simple answer is this. We only decline posts that violate the rules already posted. Right. We also have a thing, and this is important to us because we won't want it to look like we're advocating for posts to get through. We are not advocating for posts to get through. We are not saying they're better. We're just saying they don't break the rules that we have listed for this forum. Right. That's good. So we're not moderators in that sense. We only block things that we would have had to... To go back and clean up later. Yeah. Another benefit to it we have is that we can control if there is a post that we're like, no, it doesn't violate our rules, but it could definitely get heated. (laughs) It could have a lot of kind of negative feedback or maybe cause a lot of controversy or a lot of discussion. That's something where we can decide, okay, hey, I'm at work right now. I can't approve this because it's just going to blow up my phone versus, okay. I'm at a place where I can actually moderate this and be here if I need. And so that's given us a lot of control to where it's not six o'clock at night and we're sitting down with our family to have dinner. And then all of a sudden this is post is blowing up. Right. Right. And we're like, oh, now I have to direct my attention to this. So just to clarify real quick, because I think you started to say it and then changed a couple of times. What Kat said there was we sometimes release posts at a different time than when they were posted, where we have one of us who has agreed to watch the post Mm -hmm. if it could be particularly inflammatory. The other huge thing that's done that was amazing that was interesting to me is that when you decline a post, you can send feedback that the person actually gets. Mm -hmm. Because what we were doing is we were closing out a post, posting the formal note on it, and then sending them an email from one of our accounts Ugh, that's a not lot email, of but a message from one of our accounts mm-hmm. that said here's the issue that's going on but the thing is a lot of people like my account is set up so that if you was set up before i started probably poly so that if you send me an email i don't even see it right a message if you're not my friend i don't even see it yeah and so a lot of people were never even getting them so their posts would get declined and deleted they never came back to the forum they couldn't find their posts and they didn't get the message about what why right whereas with the decline it goes to them in a format they will always see and it's been really great a couple of posts that people have done that have violated our rules we've asked like a tiny tweak and then it's come out like amazingly so a lot of times it's just small structural things like someone wants to post something that seems like it's a all about them question Mm -hmm. and we're like well why don't you just repost that but make the question for everyone and then you be the first comment saying that you want to be like that you're in the game and, you know and then that post blows up and everyone contributes and everyone's really happy and it's about everybody instead of just that one person mm-hmm. so no one no longer violates our rules i think that's been i i i have to say i think i was the staunchest person against the post approval i was the one that fought it the longest and i was wrong it is good as long as it has the caveat that we don't make choices right you're not trying to censor it right as long as that's a clear statement then i think that that is fine so what are the, the levels responsible for doing? We have, we, our plan is to, as we need new levels, add them, but hopefully we are not going to. We don't, I mean, the board can really easily moderate the forum with these new rules. The community plus hosts and the, the wildcard hosts are hosting a vibrant community of events. We would like to get to a point where we have, where the board gets changed to like executive officers and we add an actual nonprofit board and become a nonprofit mm-hmm. at some point in the future. Although that's a few years out, probably at least. But I think that answers that question pretty well. So you said... Kat, that you felt like the rule is a little bit like cheating for you because 
you already had that rule for yourself before you came in to the group. Mm -hmm. But even with that rule in place, you have been able to actively date in the way that you wanted to, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like for me, I don't necessarily actively pursue a lot of people. I've kind of gotten to the point where I allow the connections to form more organically. So it's not something I'm specifically looking for partners all the time. And so for me, it hasn't really been an issue there. And I've been able to make connections with people in the group through a means of communication, just figuring out, oh, okay, like this is an okay thing. And mm-hmm. actually had multiple members of the group who reach out to me and who very explicitly say, hey, I'm interested in you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I think that that rule not only in some ways kind of makes it better for me <laughs> because people mm-hmm. actually know that I have this role and that there is something, there's a reason why I can't initiate or I don't initiate something. And so it kind of puts it back on them to... Mm-hmm. Oh, it takes pressure off of you. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I have to say that was actually part of my original thinking is that a lot of leadership members choose to do something like this or at least mitigate themselves in some way, even if it's not like this or isn't as formal. And without having the explicit part of it, so without making it an actual part of the community structure, I think that's much more damaging to your ability to date than this is. I think I said in the original episode that the the idea was to try and not remove your ability to date, but just rotate the way that you date so that the power dynamics can be accounted for. Yeah, right. It closes off some avenues of of dating, which is asking people out, but it opens up avenues of dating, which is that people know that they have to ask you out, basically. Right. Or at minimum, they have to go post on that form that says, you know, hey, I'm into leadership. And then cross their fingers that you ask them out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what people think when they opt out, because like there are also only how many people, five or six now people that this rule applies to in our group. And they're all listed. Yeah, there's six of them. Six of us. So I kind of wonder if people that opt out just opt out on principle or they look at that group and find the one person they're interested in. They're like, ooh, I need to opt out just in case. (laughs) Like, oh, (laughs) I want that one person. Oh, I really want Michael to hit on me, though. (laughs) (laughs) But don't tell you. No, I don't know. I don't think there's... Right, exactly. (laughs) If you want Michael to hit on you, you have to let him know, people. (laughs) (laughs) Don't just opt out. That is exclusively true. You do. Because I'm I'm, I'm bad. Like, for a long time... I mean, now I've been comfortable enough with the board that I would ask someone out if I wanted to. But for a long time, I wouldn't wouldn't have even talked to the board because of my position as a speaker. Mm -hmm. So, like, they'd come to, like, see me speak. You know, is how they got to know me to begin with. So even right. though I was on the board and we're technically in the same space, I still would have been like, mm. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go there unless you talk to me first. But uh, <laughs> not that I'm trying to date board members, Cat. I'm not. That's not. <laughs> I'm just. Like I said, I would now ask, but but for a long time, like I would wouldn't have no matter who it had been. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I said, I, I, none of the six of, and none of the other people have come to you and said, man, this has really hurt, like, my dating jam, right? Nah, not at all. My dating jam. <laughs> it seems like a really good rule, and when people say, I think it's going to stop me from dating, I kind of, I kind of wonder how or why, because it doesn't seem to stop anybody else in a meaningful way from dating that's actually lived under it, so I think it's more of, like, right. the fear of the unknown. Like, I've never had to deal with dating this way, and I'm not sure if I'd be able to do it, and I'm afraid it will hurt my dating life, and I, you know, I'm not willing to try it. Right. It's Especially within poly, the poly community, it's so limited already. Like, yeah. Hard to be like, okay, I'm going to limit myself even more. Yeah, I can see how it'd be scary. I don't I don't mean to suggest it is not scary. I mean, all, all of the advocacy stuff and leadership stuff is scary. Like, <laughs> it's all stuff that puts you in a position that's more worrisome. Well, I mean, and you're, you're limiting people who choose romantic relationships 
because they're not limited. Right. Sure. So, I mean, I guess I understand the initial backlash, but once it's explained as mm-hmm. to how it's going to help the community and and help yeah. those who who are not in power positions, then... Right. Well, and that's, again, that's the majority of our community, 260 to 6, mm-hmm. you know, so... <laughs> That's, yep. that's a huge distinction. So go um, young and Polly, uh, Charlotte. Good job, guys. Thanks. Good wait. Good job, y'all. <laughs> Don't put that you in. You have to go extra southern for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, and let's see. Good job, you people. I always want to ask about the like amount of labor you have to put into a group like this with no possible financial incentive because we do live in a capitalist structure and how that has meshed with your other life goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely understand like why why create a group if there's not if you don't have a lot of benefit, a lot of like stuff that you get back from it financially, for sure. For me, when I first opened up as Polly, when I first started exploring Polly, having a community around me was the best thing and the thing that has impacted me the absolute most. I read all the books, listened to all of the podcasts and Mm -hmm. really learned a lot. But having that community was so imperative and I formed amazing friendships with those people. Mm-hmm. that still lasts till today and I'm still close friends with because of that and because of how much I saw other people struggle mm-hmm. and having to deal with this opening up things that you're not used to in a different kind of setting than the mononormative heteronormative culture I want to create that for other people and so for me it was just an easy thing of like I'm not getting anything from this other than the fact that it's creating community for other people. And like that for me is so much more than if I can make money or if like I can even make up my time that I'm giving. And I think there's there's definitely been times throughout this whole thing that I've had to step back because I wasn't mm-hmm. mentally or emotionally there. I had too much going on. Yeah. But then at the same time, like those are those are kind of the times when other people have really stepped up. Mm-hmm. It's been six, about six months ago now. Like one of my partners, his house caught on fire, and during that time, like I couldn't. I was so focused on that and dealing with a lot of the changes that like a lot of that same community was there for me Mm -hmm. when I wasn't able to kind of give back as I had been or host as many events as I had. And I think that's been the kind of the thing is that for one, it's it's a passion of mine to be able to build community and create that with other people. But knowing when to step back is the important part. Just answer the, my own question a little bit. I had a, an unexpected benefit. So I don't know if Kat remembers this. When we first started talking about this uh, idea of making a new group, I was like, I really have a lot of these ethical theories that I want to use. <laughs> so <laughs> the deal was that Kat would be the person who was people, and I would be the person who would write all of the theory. Yep. <laughs> and we'd see how that went. So you're just experimenting on people. No, not exactly. <laughs> which is which is why I still don't host a lot of events because I'm still I do I do a lot of our language still. Like, yeah, for uh, sure. If you get a response back, <laughs> it's probably Michael. <laughs> Same with probably Polly. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only is it probably me, but if it isn't me, I probably still helped curate the language before we sent it back to you. Mm-hmm. And I write a lot of the documents and stuff. I do a lot of the back end work, and I try to continue doing research on what's ethical and how we can improve the group. And but uh, I have never been really good at joining communities, even communities I do join. I kind of sit at the periphery, and I'm kind of always outside of. And surprisingly, by 
stepping into a leadership role and a place that normally I, I think of as being a more isolating role in a community, I have been able to find enough purpose to be around enough in a community to feel comfortable with the people there in a way that I have never felt comfortable in any other community. I know that sometimes people see me at events and I still seem standoffish or strange, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> But I actually feel very comfortable by comparison to any other group or event I've ever been to. And so it feels a lot more like home than other groups that I've participated in. So I think it's really great if you can do it. I definitely acknowledge that there's a whole lot of privilege in, in being able to have the time to do it. I know my partner makes more money than me. And part of that's because I spend a ton of time doing charity work. And if I didn't have my partner supporting me financially, I would have to do a lot less. I was just thinking about like this community would not have been what it was without other people. And I will tell that every single time somebody talks to me about how like what all the work that I've done, there's so many more people yeah. who are supporting who aren't the ones who are doing the events who aren't actually doing the work, but they're the ones that are having the conversations with you and shaping the community and they're in the group when somebody maybe posts a controversial thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. commenting and educating people and doing the work. Sure. Right. It really is helpful. Like we are, we're doing a lot of work, but there is so much more that is being done by other people too. Right. So you guys can do the work. Mm -hmm. So you exactly. all can do the work like Michael's partner who helps right. financially. So he can facilitate and craft mm -hmm. language and do sure. all the great things he does. This is an interesting topic to talk about because it is us. And like whenever I have another organization on the show, it's super easy to be like, you guys deserve all of the money and all the donations and you guys work so hard. But when it's yourself, it's sort of harder to be like, yeah, it's really hard financially to take the, mm -hmm. the 10 hours out of my schedule to do this. And sometimes I feel guilty either way. Like I have a couple of projects that I need to do for Young and Polly that I have needed to do for the last two board meetings that I haven't done because I haven't had the time to do them, mm -hmm. that I can't fit them into paying my bills right now. And I mean, I'm going to find the time. I'm going to find it somewhere. But it's interesting because you have this capitalist structure where like you feel guilty for not being able to give enough time. But then you are preaching to the choir. Yep. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Well, and that was my intent that you are my choir for sure. Tonight at least. Tonight. That was why I was uh, late because I just went and toured the new hotel for Lake Con Atlanta. Nice. We're late con Atlanta. I'm excited. Do we have a do you have a like a sense of the season, like the month it's gonna be in yet, or how how vague is that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I thought I told you dates. Did you tell everyone dates or just me? Uh, I announced it on the Facebook. Oh, maybe I just missed it. I'm sorry. August seventh through 9th. Nice. I'm very excited about this. Obviously, I'm gonna apply to present as soon as the applications are open. I don't know if you're gonna get in this year. I don't. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> All right, I'll have to see. Fingers crossed. I hope I get chosen. Yes. Um, you have no Nod. idea how, how nervous I was the first time I uh, submitted to Mandy to see if she wanted me at a conference. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, nobody knew who I was back then. That was my uh, first, that was my that was first big public ago. appearance. Yeah. Who is Michael Hogg? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had I had one recommendation and that was that was it. But people loved him. That's the end of our episode. Thank you so much, Kat, for coming on and obviously yes, for all the work you, you do for you and Polly. Thank you for I having me. I appreciate it a lot. I'm sure the rest of the community does as well. And there is no next time on Probably Polly, not because there isn't an episode, but because I don't have it on the schedule. So it's I was like, there's the no next time. Episode. What? <laughs> there will be a next time, but I don't know what it's going to be. Next time on Probably Polly. Surprise! All right. Bye, everybody. Good night. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening.